but I realized now I had this freedom. I could live anywhere. I could do anything. I had this. I had a really great um, educational and professional background. I could do a lot of different things. So I was almost overwhelmed with my with my options. Tell me more about that. Tell me what that was like to pursue a business that was completely new to you.、Uh, naive. <laughs> Do you know whenever I take a break, that is when I get my next. Yeah, that's when I actually listen to what the universe is telling me, and I actually receive the signals. Because when we stuck on work, 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 we get so wrapped up in the actions that we forget about checking in with our gut, checking in with our instincts. You know,、um, you know, checking like how we actually feeling. Welcome back to Breakthrough This with Hannah Pillow, or welcome if you are here for the first time. If you haven't checked out last week's episode, then go ahead and do this because this is a continuation of Laurie Marilyn's journey to entrepreneurship, and also just her human journey because we are learning so much about Laurie. So today we're going to dive into her actual transformation from corporate to. Business and all the things she learned along the way. You're not gonna want to miss out on this one. And now we're gonna go into Laurie, the entrepreneur. So I want to know. You said earlier that you started off in a corporate job,、mm-hmm. right? And you, how many years again did you work in a corporate job? Oh, I mean, well, since I left college at first time, and I, I worked, I supported myself full time from for probably like twenty twenty ish years. I worked. It's a worked long、too. time.、It、was、That's、a long time. Really、yeah. long time. And when did you actually decide that I wanted to do entrepreneurship? And you know, what did that decision feel like for you at that time? Well, so I'll go back to a little bit of this. Has a there was a strong influence. So my first marriage. Let me just start there. I was married to somebody who was extremely career driven. And we were together a long time. We were about together for about fourteen years if, since for、um, since my early twenties.、Um, and because I didn't have a lot of direction in my career and my education, kind of from my from my family, I got it from him and his family, all very career driven, professional.、Um, so. I developed that same mindset of you know get the corporate job, climb the ladder, put in the hours, you know be do what they want you to do. The job security—it's all about having a job、mm-hmm. and being being respected in your job and climbing the corporate ladder. And that was the mentality that you know I'd kind of adopted, you know, when I was in school and got my own jobs, and you know I did I did really well in what I did.、Um, <laughs> so the question was, when did you decide to become an entrepreneur?、Okay, thank, thank you. All right, I knew I went too far back. It was a, <laughs> it was a rabbit hole. I knew I was going to get lost. So when I I decided to I I left the marriage because I realized it was not a good scene for either one of us.、Um, got divorced and it was kind of one of these like, what am I going to do now? I I still had the the I I had a great professional career. I did very well for myself. I could support myself, but I realized now I had this freedom. I could live anywhere. I could do anything. I had this. I had a really great. 
um, educational and professional background, I could do a lot of different things. So I was almost overwhelmed with my with my options. Um, and then coincidentally, I reconnected with a, with the one who got away, um, and we ended up married six basically married six months later. I quit my job, sold my house, and moved you know, across the country to be with him, but he was, he was active duty in the military. So I didn't have to work, which was for the first time in my life was like, oh, I went from being very career driven and climb the ladder and your identities, your career and your job to being um, stay at home military wife. And it was kind of like, well, hmm, I kind of have all this time. Uh, side hustles were like starting to become a thing. And I was like, well, what if I just created a side hustle and started something kind of like on the side. And one of the things that I'd always wanted to do, but my first husband never um, supported it because he was very career driven and he didn't think that this was a very um, noble profession. I wanted to get certified as a personal trainer. I always loved working out. I liked creating plans and things like this. And I was like, oh, this will be great. This will be fun. So I went and got certified as a personal trainer and I started an online personal training business. Wow. So that was my first foray into um, creating my, you know, having my own business. Um, And it's funny because I came from a background of, you know, tech and development, but no sales, no marketing. Tell me more about that. Tell me what that was like to pursue a business that was completely new to you. Uh, Naive. (laughs) A little bit ridiculous because for some reason, and I have a very linear way of thinking, you know, for me, it was formulaic have a service, get a client, get paid, do it again, you know, and, and to me, it just, yeah, lather, rinse, repeat this, like, what's so hard about this? And well, I soon found out what was so hard about this was that I had to actually put myself out there. I had to do some very uncomfortable things, like announce to people that I knew that I had a business, like, oh my God, what are they going to think? Right? Like this is, oh gosh. Okay. So I had a really hard time just being the face of my business and putting myself out there. And not to mention, I got certified when I was pregnant. So I was like, well, no one's going to hire a fat trainer. So I obviously can't like put my picture on my website or anything like this. So I had a really hard time being the non-traditionally fit trainer. Mm. Um, so a lot of mindset kind of garbage happening there with what was what people would and would not pay me for based on my appearance. Mm. And what happened? What happened in that business? So did did it work? Did you get any clients? Did, uh... I did, but here's what happened. Um, I mistook an interest in my own health and fitness for an interest in other people's. And it turns out I really don't have one. Um, not to say <laughs> that I don't want other people to be healthy. I just don't want to be the person in charge of like making that happen. I don't want to facilitate it. I don't want to manage it. That just did not, um, that didn't really sit, it didn't land with me. Uh, we'll put it that way. Um, I liked the creation part of it. I liked the ideas. I liked, um, you know, creating strategies and creating the plans, but actually working with clients in that way was like, uh, this isn't really as fun as I think, as I thought it was. And this isn't really, I don't know if this is related, but doing that work brought up a lot of my own problematic, um, eating and problematic, like, like, um, food and diet obsession. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and if you know anything about the fitness industry, it is just 
littered with undiagnosed eating disorders. So wow. a lot of the people who are who are in this kind of line of work gravitate to it because they have their own issues. That's kind of a side note. Anyway, so <laughs> what I found that working with people with these within this capacity made me uncomfortable, and I found I also enjoyed just fiddling with my website and doing like all the tech stuff, which kind of made sense, right? Because that was my background. And it was also a great way for me to avoid doing any other work in my business, like being on the internet, like having to put myself out there. I was like, oh, no, no, I have really important website work to do today, and I should focus (laughs) on that. Um, Let me do that. And so... So that kind of became like my my infinite distraction or my my infinite task list was like oh I I can't possibly get to this part of my business until I do all of these things here. Um and of course like as entrepreneurs I don't know if, but of course you know as entrepreneurs we create we we <laughs> we design these re- excuse, excuses reasons it's, why it's- we what Rachel Rogers calls the busy work, right? The busy work, but I've also, but I went to the point where I was like, okay, the reason that I'm not successful is, and there were probably a thousand, but the one in my mind that was most obvious was, um, the reason that I'm not having success with clients is I don't have enough credentials. I don't have enough certifications. I need more, I need more expertise. So we kind of do this thing where we load up with certs and we load up with this instead of, you know, actually getting in front of clients and getting them results and doing, you know, we think that the, the cart has to come before the horse mm-hmm. and oftentimes credibility. Why? And then I found clients actually don't care about certs. Literally no one asked me ever about where I was certified or what kind of skill. All they cared about was results. So if I had been smart about that, I would have just focused on that. But in my mind, it was like, okay, I need, I need another certification. I need to show that I know what I'm doing. So I got another certification as a health coach. I didn't really like that either, it turns out. <laughs> but I gave it a whirl. Um, and then I, what happened was I was in all these Facebook groups with health coaches and personal trainers, you know, trying to build my network and get ideas and, and all these things. And, and people would be in there asking questions like, oh, I don't know how to set up my email list or I don't know how to set up my website or how do I do this? Because what I found was that people who are in the health and wellness industry are generally people people. They're not tech people. I never put that together, right. They generally have a skill set that's communicative, like, do you know what I mean? And and, and really, they love working with people. They don't either have the patience or background or inclination to do any of this tech work. So I found myself Mm. less time on my business and more time helping all these coaches for free. Oh, you need help with your website? Oh, all you have to do is this. Oh, all you do is this. Here, let's jump on a call. I'll show you how to do it. And one day I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is clearly my business. I need to start charging for this. I need to start, you know, focusing on this instead of trying to make, I was trying to make fetch happen with my, with my <laughs> training and my, um, make fetch happen. Mean girl reference. I love mean it. Mean girl <laughs> reference. Hashtag mean girls. Um, I was trying to make fetch happen with that and I was like, I need to stop fighting that and just lean into, you know, what makes the most sense for me, what feels easy for me. Um, I have this amazing skill set and education and experience. Why am I not leveraging this for my yes. business? Why? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, great question, right? But the, the, here's what get, here's where it's funny is that you would think that from there it would have been a very straight line. 
And alas, it was not because never. it never is because then I was like, well, how do I want to help people? How do I, how am I helping people? And I looked around and I saw, I saw what I perceived to be a problem that needed solving, which was helping newer coaches get up and running. Okay. Nobody was side. doing that. With the tech yeah. side, nobody was doing that. Do you know why? There's no money in it because <laughs> the people who need help get up, getting up and running don't have clients. They don't have money. A lot of them are not invested in the business. Mm. And there, I had a really, so I, so to me, it was totally obvious. I'm like, oh, you just pay me this. You do this. You have a business. You get clients. Um, and of course, in my mind, it's a formula, right? Like you do this, then you get this. You know, it made total sense to me. But of course, people who are starting out in business have what? Mindset issues. Mm. They, they're still struggling with that, putting themselves out there, getting uncomfortable, promoting themselves, mm-hmm. the fear of failure, all of these things that I worked through about five years earlier, and now they were just starting. So a lot of them weren't willing to invest. And I found myself doing a lot of like really low budget projects and taking, taking what I could get. Oh, you need help with this? I'll help with that. And it was a very... Um, hodgepodge operation Mm -hmm. taking taking on little projects here and there and I was like okay I'm exhausted this is not working um I really need to just focus on one thing that I do create a system what do you call it streamline streamline this is my ascent my assembly line it looks like I'm giving a massage but it's assembly (laughs) line so kind of work people through a process result um so I know this in my head. It's just a matter of doing it. Um, and it's also finding the thing. What is mm-hmm. the thing? What is the system that I can sell? Um, so that's kind of what brought me to websites and, and WordPress websites specifically and kind of setting up systems um, that way. So that was kind of like the, the last year and a half so or so of my business and, and kind of figuring out what system mm-hmm. to offer newer coaches who are trying to get set up online. Absolutely. So would you say that you have found your idea now? You've come to that part where you found a niche that you're excited about? Yes, I would and, say uh, yes. <laughs> and let, let's use the scale again. On a scale of zero to 10, how passionate do you feel about the scale right now? About this niche well, right now? About this niche? Well, I would say I would say I'm, I'm probably a, an eight and a half because as much as I love what I'm doing, I've been in this space for so long now that I'm like, you know, I wonder if I should do this, if I should expand. Should I do something different? And I don't know if that's boredom or if it's just I've grown out of it or it's just I need a break or I'm a little burnt out. I don't know. I'm excited about it. I mean, I want to get this up and running because I have all the parts. It's just a matter of like Mm -hmm. putting it together. Um, yeah. I mean, eight and a half is not bad. Eight and a half is scale. still good. Yeah, it's, it's not ten. Good. I'm, I'm it's not doing not cartwheels. It's yeah, not but 10. it's not it's not seven or less. So eight and a half is a good place to be. I think um, so. I feel good passion about passion it. Wise, yeah, yeah. I think I'm just I'm just I need a break. I think I haven't had a vacation in probably a few years. So maybe taking a break and coming back. To it yes. Oh my god. You know, whenever I take a break, that is when I get my next. Yeah, that's when I actually listen to what the universe is telling me, mm-hmm. and I actually receive the signals because. When we stuck on work, 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 we get so wrapped up in the actions that we forget about checking in with our gut, checking in with our instincts, you know, um, you know, checking like how we actually feeling about what we're doing. We're mm-hmm. just doing. And yeah, take that break, Laurie. Take it. I'm going to take a break. Not right now, <laughs> not this minute, but yes. <laughs> yes, please, please finish my podcast first. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I think this is a good time to do a little bit of a roundup on everything I was just said, because there was so much there that I I feel so strongly about everything that you just said. Um, when you're starting a niche, when you're starting a business, there's just so many things we're going to put out there. We're going to do, we're going to try that are not going to work, that are not going to be that big idea. And I love, I love what you just said about, you know, thinking that this is a big idea that everyone's going to need and nobody's doing it. And then you're like, well, this is why they're not doing it. And I went through the exact same thing with my idea. You know, um, I was uh, launching a product for um, in-laws, for white in-laws who had like a daughter-in-law or a son-in-law who was like uh, from a different culture, married into their family. Um, And I thought that that was something I was very passionate about, um, you know, fixing. That was a problem I was passionate about fixing, but there was so many holes in this idea. I developed like such a great product and such a great um, course. And I went and did the whole thing. I did all the work. And then the marketing was a nightmare because first of all, um, people don't recognize that this is people who have the problem don't recognize that they have the problem and they don't want to sit with that feeling of, you know what, I'm doing something wrong. In fact, I can pull comments from Facebook ads and uh, things that actually show how ignorant people are about this issue. (laughs) Yikes. You know, and... Um, yeah. And then the, the other thing was that, um, I, I actually realized when I took a break, when I took a break, I realized that I didn't want to be a coach. It never resonated with me. It never spoke to my soul. It was something that I was always resisting the idea of coaching. Um, and I was like just pushing past that because I thought I had this big idea. But when I took a break, I was like, why am I doing this? You know, why am I trying to make something work that I'm actively resisting against? You tried to make fetch happen. I try to make fetch happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and we're going to go through this and we're going to think that we're crazy or we're going to think that, you know, we, we flip flopping from idea to idea. But that is normal for us. Like a lot of people have to- told me that, hey, Hannah, you're going to be successful because you don't just talk, you do. And you know what? I 100% believe that because we got to If you don't do and fail, you never know what's going to work and what's not going to work. You got to mm-hmm. just you got to just keep pushing that forward and you find that niche that you're excited about. That eight and a half to 10 passion. Eight and a half to 10. Well, I want to, what I think has helped me with my um, tenacity, I guess we'll call it, is that I learned, I mean, I was a software tester and our motto is basically fail fast, you know, fail hard. Like find out very quickly, find out early what's working and what's not. Because if you wait until the end and then you find out you've got a huge defect that means nothing works, well, you just wasted all this time and energy. So, you know, Make it an iterative process. You know, test it out early. Is there a market for it? What's the price point? Who needs it? Who's the target market? Find these things out very quickly. But these are not things that I could have told myself probably. This is more of a, like, looking back, um, I realized that I applied a lot of my, um, it it was kind of subconscious, like, find out early whether or not it's going to work. You know, you have these ideas of what you think is a great idea, and then you find out it isn't, and then you say, okay, iterative process, first test it out, market research, who's willing to pay for this, who's aware they even have a problem, because if they don't know they have a problem, they're not paying for a solution, and you're not going to convince them they have a problem. Oh, that is like the hardest thing to do is convince people they have a problem. You got to create a product people want and need rather than 
and create a product that nobody needs and nobody even knows what it does. Or if you're really smart, like Inception, you can kind of like, maybe this is like a uh, first husband trick, but when you can can mate, let somebody figure out for themselves yes. what their problem is, like you kind of have to lead them to point out what the problem is. You can't tell them, but if you get, you walk them through it, kind of like you guide them so they can realize it. Then they were like, oh gosh, I just realized I just had this great idea. And I was like, mm-hmm, that's yes, husband sure. trick. I love that. Yes. <laughs> you sure did have a great idea. That's right. You sure did. Um, because nobody's invested in an idea or a, or a concept until they think they came up with it, mm-hmm. that they realized it. Absolutely. So much of gold coming from Laurie again on this episode. And there's just, again, so much I want to dive into and so much I want to stress about this episode. But my main takeaway and a takeaway I hope you all will come away with is that it is okay for us to change our mind. Now, in this episode, we spoke about from a business and an entrepreneur's perspective. So let's let's talk about that for a minute. If you are an entrepreneur, if you are at the beginning stages of your business, you are going to change your mind more than once. And that's okay. It's the beginning phase is all about experimentation. It's all about finding out what works for you. And, you know, I went through it myself, just as I mentioned, and there's a lot of guilt that comes with that, especially because of the conditioning that we grew up with to believe that we have to stick to something once we commit to it. Well, that was my story anyway. That's how I was conditioned. And there was a lot of guilt to um, the fact that I always change my mind a lot. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of thoughts that go behind that, like, oh, you can't stick to anything. Oh, you can't commit to anything Um, and crap like that, which is completely untrue because I stuck to a lot of things that I truly enjoy, you know. So that story that I tell myself, that feeling and the thought and that guilt that I've imposed on myself for changing my mind is just a story that I've created and it doesn't have to be that way. So I have designed a journal just for you if you are that person at the beginning stages of your online entrepreneur's journey and it will you know, honestly, I've been using this journal myself and it is just so amazing. It is designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. We've taken a lot of experiences into account when designing this journal. And I just, I love the launch. Um, so I have a launch plan and a launch review page in this journal, right? And I know that we focus so much on the plan and I am personally guilty of neglecting the review stages of stuff. So I sat down with my journal and I did the review of my last launch that I did. And my God, you know what? I learned so much about what it takes to for me to create a launch that aligns with myself, that feels right for me, and that will reap more rewards the next time because we've got to review to learn from our errors and to learn what sticks with us and what doesn't. So there's so many pages like this in the journal that are just so useful for these beginning stages of the journey. So the journal is available. Uh, You can check out the website link that is um, 
in the no show notes here or you can check it out on instagram the link will be in the bio don't forget to check out our instagram pages break through this separate break through this all together i cannot do separate u named usernames on instagram right <laughs> and we will continue the rest of laurie's journey in the next episode the last part the showdown of her episode it will be in the next episode the finale of finale oh i cannot say that word the final episode of laurie melon saga and yes let us know what you think i'd love to hear from you are you an entrepreneur have you started are you in the starting stages of your business what are you feeling how what thoughts are going through your mind right now can you relate to the experiences we shared in this episode let us know share your comments and i will share it in the next episode all right thanks for tuning in everyone and see you in the next episode